What's up, everybody? This is uh, Nick Justice with Making Doc Films. Uh, this might just end up being the first actual episode of the podcast, um, and where we kind of just talk about people making documentary films and the sustainability around it, and some business side, some creative side, um, and of course, a bunch of stories. Um, so, a little bit about me is I've been in this industry for a long time, over a decade now, um, and I've worked in LA and New York, and then LA and then New York again, so I've moved back and forth, and now I'm in Philadelphia, where I have a company called Watch Me Rise Films, and we do a lot of documentary style content um, with local clients here, and I do some freelancing, and of course, um, I am working on my first feature film, um, which you'll hear plenty about in the near future, but um, today I'm going to talk to a friend of mine who is about to leave Philadelphia. He is relocating to a new city, and he just wanted to have a conversation with me about that relocation and how to either keep some clients you have or bring them with you or get new clients in a new, new city, new state. Um, yeah, so some meaningful stuff. And as I've kind of been that through that a few times, um, I have some experience. And so that's why I want to talk to me. So hopefully this stuff is useful to you guys. If you have any questions, feel free to leave some comments and and get those answered, I hope. And next year for me, I'll be on the phone with a friend of mine, Patrick Blonsky. Hello? Hey, how you doing, Patrick? I'm doing well. How are you, Nick? I'm good. So, uh, thanks for uh, joining on this thing. This is kind of a New, new toy I'm playing with. Okay. <laughs> Anchor podcast thing. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so this is, this gallon is recorded, and I know you had some stuff about moving to North Carolina, right? Yeah. Just, um, and, yeah, when it, tell me when you're, when you're doing it, when you're moving, right? So, yeah, so it's, uh, uh, sometime within the first first or second week of October um, is when I'm gonna move out to Charlotte. I have I have two weddings at the end of the sept- of September here, so I want to finish those before I move down there. Which is why I say uh, a week or two, depending on when I finish those. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and my wife's already down there, so. Oh, I didn't realize she's already down there. Yeah. How long has she been down there? Um, how long has she been down there? Almost two weeks now, I think. Oh, cool. How are you? How are you guys doing? A little uh, long distance marriage for a month or so. <laughs> it, it's doing pretty well. I mean, we've I at least I've grown used to it because she traveled a lot. She she went to. She's been to like South Africa and Haiti for a couple of weeks when I, you know, was 
here, so kind of right. the whole thing. But at least she's still in the States, not somewhere else where I have to yeah. wait for her call or be worried about minutes or anything like that. <laughs> cool. Um, how far how far is Charlotte from Philly? Like drive or just a flight? Uh, driving driving is uh, I think like eight 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 nine hours, and then a flight is I think an hour hour and a half. Oh, cool. So it's not it's not the other side of the country. No, but it's certainly a distance you don't want to go too often. Um. Yeah, so you've got, you've got a couple weddings this month. Do you, you do, I know you've done weddings for a while. Is that sort of like your main thing? Um, I mean, I would like to move away from weddings. I don't really – I mean, they challenge me to be creative, to find something different, because I really get bored of doing the same thing over and over. So that right. challenge is to do something else, which I recently did a highlight where I incorporated interviews between the two couples, so it has more of like a documentary feel, and I'm kind of proud of it. Oh, cool. Um but in general, I would really prefer to. You want to do more corporate and nonprofit. Yeah, stuff, stuff like, like that. that. Cool. Yeah. And even and even if it was possible at some point to do cool, some cool work like uh, LU and stuff, I've been doing with, but I just fell with the Bridgestone and stuff like that. So. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So. Because I've moved, I don't know if you know that I've I've relocated several times myself, um, via like Reno to New York, and then I moved to LA, and then back to New York and Philadelphia. So I have some some experience in moving across, you know, state lines a few times. Um, and the uh, good news is, is it's uh, certainly doable. The unfortunate upfront news is that it kind of just basically takes like a pretty solid year before you like feel like you're established there. Um, at least that that's been my experience with it. But you guys might have a little bit more because I moved and was just like, no nothing. You'll move there and your wife has like a job and like a network of people that she works with. I just moved there and like uh, moved into an apartment I found on Craigslist, just totally, totally cold, except for when I moved to Philly. I moved here for uh, with my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. But, um, yeah, so what's – do you have any – like, what – I guess, what is, like, your current, like, yeah. strongest piece that you want to make more of, right? Yeah, so right now my strongest piece is definitely the uh Yato film I made about the Japanese swordsmanship. Right. And um I'm actually this month at some point uh hopefully I'll be able to meet up with the guys one last time next week. I'm doing a small documentary piece also about um people that make uh these two guys that make American uh archtop guitars. And they used to work for Martin Guitar, which is not too far from where my parents live, right. where I am now. So yeah. uh, they have a pretty, you know, they, I think uh, Eric Clapton owns one of their guitars and stuff. So, you know, they make pretty quality product. 
Um, oh, yeah, Martin Cars is very well well loved and respected, as far as I know. Yeah, so these guys have their own kind of like guitar making school called the Nazareth Guitar Making Institute or something like that. And uh, like I said, the older, it's it's a guy and his son, and the the guy used to work for Martin Guitars, and he decided to kind of do his own thing. So I'm going to be doing a piece about them, which uh, hopefully uh, I'm hoping will you know, uh, be up to par with the Yato film. But the Yato film is definitely the, my strongest piece right now. Cool. Yeah, I think um, I've I've seen that, as you know, and I think it's great. So, and, um, yeah, that, that piece is cool. But uh, I think this guitar one might be a really solid... Uh, solid piece also like it's interesting and i'm you know i'm i'm sure you're going to do a good job on it but uh it's like it has a it or potentially has like sort of a uh, more marketing type of feel like the uh swordsman piece is is like cool and like definitely badass but it's it's like pe- people who usually hire video companies have small imaginations i find right like some but like a dentist goes like i don't need a video you 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 just showed me a swordsman video right so it's like small imagination sometimes they need to see a dentist video um but this one with the school and the client like they have like um a more of a marketing type of lean right and so maybe that means you could create like almost a, a depends on exactly what you're doing with them but nice to talk to you while you still have this in like pre-production where you could do sort of a piece about like their school and education like sort of a marketing like come come to the school kind of pitch and then i know that's not necessarily like the most incredible uh you know demo reel piece sometimes but you could also make a director's cut, which is really that stuff you usually see that gets Vimeo staff picked is like director's cuts of, you know, Reebok commercials because Reebok commercials are like 30 seconds, not 90 seconds generally. And you go, oh, that's why those are long. So usually things get a little bit like more boring or like, oh, wow, that Comcast commercial looks really cool, but that's not the one I saw on TV, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, I definitely was thinking about how being more uh, flexible in this piece and not uh, having, like you mentioned, the video that where they are able to market themselves more and then just another video kind of for my portfolio and stuff that's more uh, geared to just more about them, like the, an actual documentary piece about their story or something like that. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, I know they're they're making handmade guitars, which is, like, just going to be, you know, can be certainly, like, a visual playground of cool stuff with, like, them carving the wood and shaping the body and, you know, just even stringing up the guitars can look really cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, certainly it's, like, a finding, like, right now as you're doing, you know, you're sort of preparing, like, figuring out which which pieces you can expect like 
to get you the next one, right? Like people can see this one and then, you know, sometimes cool factor is awesome. Like the, the swords one, like, Oh, this is cool. I wonder if he can do this other thing for me. And then, so there's certainly some of that and just getting those scenes somehow. Um, and then, but also like having a like near competitor, right? So if you like have this handmade guitar video, then you can see that to like almost anybody who also makes handmade things or, you know, that gets like, you know, anybody who has a school or anybody who does training or, you know, so there's like these different sections you can sort of draw a line to with that. Um, and it kind of get, it kind of gets you going thinking about like what kind of clients you can find and even do research on before you move down to Charlotte. You know, if you're like, so, oh, cool, I'm going to make this video about this hand-making guitar school, like, what other kind of interesting schools are in Charlotte? Okay. I, now, kind of, like, bouncing a question off what you just mentioned there. So, like... Oh, yeah, definitely. What, what do you find works? Like, what's an appropriate way, I guess, to contact a client that you would like to work with and and get paid for it meaning like do you send them uh a proposal like not a proposal but uh what's it called maybe like a certain outline with different pictures and stuff of looks you're looking for or do you just generally send an email kind of saying you know i'm a big fan of your brand would love to do a video kind of like trying to figure out appropriately how to contact clients and and mention yeah. a possibility of being paid cuz i can i can reach out to d different people and do videos for free but totally um, <laughs> yeah no certainly that is of course the uh you know goose away is the golden egg cuz it's hard it's hard to uh make a living doing this stuff if you can't get any paying clients um, so basically, um, the sort of thing in my experience and some other say, some, I stole this thing from somebody, but it is really like way more farming than it is hunting, you know? So sometimes, um, you know, it starts with an email or sometimes, you know, if you're like, like, oh, I want to work with, um, you know, so I've, I've done a fair amount of work with museums. So like what this museum is holding some event like this, I could send that person a cold email or like go to this event and hopefully meet them. So some of it is just like get in there and like finding ways to, you know, Oh, you, you're in the marketing team here at the museum. I wonder, I noticed you guys don't use any video or I saw this, you guys are doing video, but it looks like maybe I could maybe help do more or better. So, um, yeah, sometimes it's just like a long-term relationship and then that pays off in a year, right? Um, sometimes it can be as simple as like, hey, I saw you guys, you know, uploaded one video two years ago and I don't know if that experience went well for you guys. I just want to talk to you guys if you guys are exploring going more, right? So it's like sort of picking and choosing um, some of that, right? And And the issue of um, 
getting paid is honestly like just asking if they they have a marketing budget, right? And some like sometimes you want to have a piece like for you, like a film for you that you need. And then sometimes it makes sense doing for free, right? And maybe in a new market it makes sense. It does definitely doesn't always um, have to be, right? Because like you're doing this this thing for them. Um, but the advantage of doing it for free and and reasons when I could do it for free is like you get all the creative control over it, um, and then they can use it, or you can make adjustments for them if you really want to. But like, usually it's going to turn out pretty good. It's gonna it's gonna serve you better if you have all the creative control. Whereas if they have, you know, they pay for it, then they get the final say, and it'll serve them better than it'll serve you, right? So if it's like, we just want to say, sign up now for our school. Like that doesn't usually create a lot of like awesome emotion. If that's the like we want to say, sign up now, you know. Um, so it's like a balancing act in there. Um, but as far as just, it's just like, honestly opening the conversation with that or, or bringing it up. Don't be afraid to bring up like, so usually a video like this costs $2,500 or $5,000 or $1,500 or whatever, um, that thing that is right. And if it, it's just like, unfortunately, it's a negotiation that everybody's a little like, oh, I don't know, what do I, there's like just always going to be a little hesitation and like awkwardness to bring that up. But honestly, once you just go, so usually I do videos like this for whatever that price is, right? And that depends on how complex the video is. Um, and so once you just break that ice, I feel like everybody breathes a little easier, which is hard to do in like a cold email, right? So if it's your first email, you don't necessarily need to do that. It's like ask them questions about what they're doing because you want clients that fit for you also, not just, you know, clients who maybe want a video. And if you're starting the conversation, they probably are likely to fit for you. But um, if you you know, contacting somebody who doesn't have a plan, then it's going to be, right, it's just, like, going to be hard to make that a successful video if they're not, like, excited about the prospect of it. And sometimes that means they're not, like, willing to pay for it, and then they're not excited about it, and then it's not going to be a very positive experience for anybody because they're doing this thing, and you want their help, and they don't really give a shit about it. Right, and then you're just like both sides are just tugging and pulling, and they go, "That's it. We're not going to hire him again." So sometimes it is like doing the first small, simple thing for free. Like maybe, you know, another another like strategy is like, "Oh, they have this event where they're having an open house at the school for the guitar shop. Go and shoot some of the open house." You know, just like a little highlight reel music montage, no big deal. You know, like just something you could put on your Instagram and then they go, wow, this is cool. I'll put it on my Instagram. You know, yeah, sure. No problem. And it costs you like little effort, right? But now you've, now they're like starting to almost feel like they owe you one. 
but you've you've established you know that like that you did that one for free but it cracked the door open right but it was like a simple thing it was like i spent you know an hour and a half shooting and then you know i put it together in a montage um yeah so that's that's like some strategies but it is certainly you know it's it's just everybody's going to be different and it's going to be a relationship every time and so and now yeah now kind of a a reverse method really fast is let's say you have a video already so let's say let's say you really want to work with the brand Crayola and you have a really touching piece about um a, a child that you know uses he loves Crayola crayons and you know he's moved up in the world by drawing or something um how how is there a way to contact let's say Crayola to say I have this great piece that you guys can use uh or yeah well something like a big brand like that um big brands like that just move super slow right um so if you have the thing and you want to share it with them that's like what I would do with that is you like you, so with Crayola like their marketing budget is likely spent with a, a marketing in-house marketing team but also an agency and so like any of the cool big projects are going to be agency but Crayola is big enough where I'm sure they also have like an in-house video team um so as far as where you can shop around that video right it's like figure out where they're using other video content um are they like do they have a blog is it just like is it just their social media accounts um right <clears throat> so if it's 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 like finding a way for them to almost bump into it um versus like kind of just sending a cold email of like hey I'd like to do this would you guys like to license this video from me um you know it's it's like kind of difficult probably I'm sure it's happened I've never done it but um you know it's like do some research into who the agency that they use is and if it's in house like find figure out who those guys are cuz in house video teams are usually like overworked and they end up farming out some stuff that they can't do for various reasons. They can't do it because they're too busy or this project is maybe too big or it's specialized and they need something else and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um so big companies like that are kind of they're complicated because there's, you know, hundreds of people that work there. And at various locations in the country, most likely. Um, so, but there's so there's basically like three, um, three sort of different types of clients, right? That I that like my business is around, mm -hmm. um, which is like the direct to client, which is like what you're doing with like either weddings or um this guitar school hand building company you know you're, where you're directly interacting with 
the store, the brand, or whatever. Um, but then there's very often an agency, and those kind of come in huge sizes where like a Pepsi or Crayola or something like that would have. But there's also a lot of smaller agencies that might handle, you know, something like just something smaller. They might handle, you know, a museum or events. They might just be like an event agency where they market it for all these events, right? Whether that's like big events like in Philly where they like shut down the parkway or like small events where they're renting out, you know, a part of the convention center and they have some speakers and vendors and stuff, right? It's like the farm food food-to-table restaurant event, right? Mm-hmm. So there's really very, like, very wide gap of what agency means. And sometimes that agency might, like, direct directly hire you or just be, like, a referral partner, right? So, like, an agency might just be somebody who makes websites or somebody who does graphic design or somebody who puts on events right so like an event planner like in the in like a wedding world an event planner probably is planning i don't know 30 weddings a year or more and but if you get one event planner as like somebody who they like working with you and they trust you and you've done a good job for one of their past clients they have this huge book of possible clients you know and then you can kind of work out some some agreement with them or it could just be like a friendly like oh you should talk to Patrick you know like Mm -hmm. he does he does weddings like this Patrick really likes to do outdoor weddings or he likes to do small intimate weddings that are in backyards and he can make them really like cheap and affordable or he can he likes to do the big things with the drones and the four four people and they lock down the Hilton for three days or you know whatever it's like kind of finding you know those are those are just different people i think you know so finding a space in there but then also so the third one so like there's direct to client like or work with an agency and the third one and what is like really the easiest one i would just call it like freelance so that's like if you're you know you've worked for me in the past um, yeah, it's like you just kind of show up and do the role that somebody needs you. So that's where I would really, probably really start focusing a lot of energy on, like if you needed to make money quick in Charlotte, um, because that helps a bunch because you're helping these people, right, create their thing. You get better. You also probably get to make a lot of friends that way um, and just have that network. But also there's, like, jobs that they'll, like, won't be available for or, um, you know, have to pass on or for whatever reason. Like, oh, we're too busy right now. That schedule doesn't work for us. Maybe try Patrick. Or we're like, oh, I'm sorry. We're, like, a big thing and we operate, you know, in, like, a $10,000 realm. You know, and freelance, everybody comes in, but, like, this, like, $2,000 project, like, could be very profitable for you, but not for them, right? So, it's, like, doesn't make it a bad client. It's just, like, well, we can't really show up and shoot a thing for a half hour, and it's, like, doesn't work for, like, what our process is. 
but it could really work for yours. So those are those are like I think important ways to diversify and kind of bounce back and forth between and like what what works, right? So sometimes like it'll take a while to get your like direct to client stuff going in Charlotte because you just don't know any of the businesses there and those things take a long time. Like honestly, it's like if you meet the person or you send the email or you follow them on Instagram or you know, buy a ticket to whatever event they're doing, it's like kind of a slow process and they go, Oh, what do you do? I do these videos and this kind of thing and Oh, cool. Uh, we don't do that right now, which has been – people are more likely going to say, like, oh, I know I'm supposed to be doing that at the marketing, but I'm not. Yeah, it seems hard. So, you know, trying – at that point, like, that opens the door to explain a little bit of, like, what your process is or, you know, this is how easy it can be. And sometimes that's going to happen right away, but most likely it's like, you know, months and months and maybe a year away. Maybe that person ends up going to a new company and then they can hire you. <clears throat> but it's just like, like I said, it's farming, you know, kind of planting mm-hmm. seeds and collecting email addresses. And that's why it sort of takes a pretty solid year. But, um, Freelance can happen pretty quick, right? Like, oh, I met, yeah, it's like rough cuts. It's like the same same thing, right? You, like, come in, you meet a bunch of filmmakers at the event, and it goes, oh, you know what? You can, I need somebody who flies a drone. You have one. Great, cool. Can you work in two weeks, or can you help me with this shoot I have on Saturday? Oh, you're not available? Who else do you know? You know, it's just, like, happens faster i think um and of course the the trade-off there is like you're only getting a piece of that pie from like the client right so it's you know it's not always super lucrative but it is like pretty good way to spend a day make some friends working on something that's bigger than yourself which is always fun um and then the agency is like agency stuff is almost the same as like freelance production company um it's just like they're not specifically producing videos they either handle marketing for a company or more likely they just like handle pieces like they may they have a contract to make the website and then they go we want to put video on this website you know we don't do video and then hire somebody who does or say we can do video or they might also say we can do video, sure. And then they find somebody and hire them for like as a freelancer to do it. Um, so those are those are just like sort of the three, I don't know, I guess, pillars of the business plan I operate in. <laughs> well, it's really helpful. But, um, all right. Yeah, I mean, when I was in Philly, I was kind of like, I guess freelancing under the wrong the wrong way because I freelanced a lot for the larger productions that come in from New York. So like sure. a lot of the times they were just dead ends. So like you know, it was you know, some 
production company that came from New York to do a small segment of a food show for Food Network that takes place in Philly, and then they just left and went to their next city. And then, you know, they don't... I think there was maybe one or two times they referred me to another company that was passing through Philly. But um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, like I think, like you were stating, I think it's definitely important to try to get someone that's maybe either more local, locally oriented, like actually work with groups that are based out of Charlotte instead of, though, you know, the, some sometimes those large things are pretty cool to work on too, though. So. Oh, absolutely. Those are those are fun and the big machine. But yeah, it's there it's like you know, right? They're they're on to the next city, so it's like either finding a way where you could like also maybe not travel with them, but like sort of be that's part of what you do, right? So you need to be able to like draw a, you know, 100-mile radius around Charlotte and go, I work in all these cities. And I'm also willing to travel and do whatever, right? And so mm-hmm. knowing those, like, a lot of those, like, I don't know. I don't really do a lot of the traveling gigs. Um, but that's just, like, the reason people would rather fly somebody in is because they trust them every time, right? Like, well, I've worked with this person six times, and every six times has been good. So the seventh time, I need to go to Texas, and I want to bring him because I don't want to just find some stranger in Texas. Um, so... It's like finding a way to be in an important enough of a role, right, where they want to bring you. So that's like kind of really gets back into freelance where it's the relationship with that director or that producer or whatever. Um, yeah. And also like if they're based in New York, you, it's like, oh, maybe that's the thing is I got to move to New York. That's that way, which isn't really what you're after since you're going to Charlotte. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, those, those big productions on that, you know, come through, come through pretty often are fun to work on for sure. So I don't, I don't think what you're doing was the wrong thing at all, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just a hard thing to like wait for somebody to call you, you know? Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is a hard thing to do. And I think a lot of that networking is either at events, filmmaking events, rental houses, or, um, you know, bugging people on the Instagram DMs. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been bugging a lot of DPs in the Charlotte area to try to see to get like yeah an insider coffee with them or something. Yeah, absolutely, right? And you know, I'm sure that's that. Yeah, definitely, definitely do that, right? And so that kind of leads into that freelance stuff for sure. Where you're just like, hey, here's this new guy. I want to try him out on something. Um, and I'm sure, you know, it's just like always it's going to be that way where the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So if you're like, hey, I'm still looking out for this thing. And that's that's what I did when I moved to Philly, honestly. I was on Twitter and it was just like, who uses cameras in Philadelphia if I'm going to move there? And then I just got there like, you know, instant notification text message things because I knew one of those times they're going to say, I need somebody for tomorrow. Sorry, I can't pay this time or whatever, right? I knew there was going to be somebody who's like, I need help. And I was just like, I'm going to be the first guy to respond to that. And I'm going to respond to that every time. And then eventually on the fourth time, they'll say, okay, you can come, you know? So 
So uh, kudos on that. That's that's really, you know, certainly a big big piece of the puzzle is like finding, you know, your your tribe there, I guess, in Charlotte. And who, you know, who else is shooting and editing videos? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, basically, what I'm learning here is the best is just in-person meetings through either networking events or um, talking to people as opposed to just sending out general email inquiries or phone calls. Yeah, I mean, but you you already knew those were probably the best anyway, right? They're just harder. Like, that doesn't mean emails or, I don't know, I've never cold called anybody with any success. Um at least not with an email first. I don't know how much of the world answers phone calls that they don't know who they're from um, <laughs> anymore. So, I mean, there's certainly times where emails have been, been fine and they've worked. And, you know, some of those, like, low-hanging fruit ones might be like, hey, I saw you have this event coming up. Um, I would love to come in and create a highlight reel for it. Or if you want... I don't know if you have anybody shooting the keynote speaker, you know, or filming the keynote speaker. <laughs> I'm not shooting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, you know, if you go, oh, I see that at the, I don't know, convention center, there's going to be this big artist expo, right? And then those those are actually like pretty, I don't know. It's a good way to get plugged in with a bunch of people. That was that. That's actually something I did um, a long time ago too. It was like it was actually like a, f- a farmer and restaurant convent thing at the convention center. That just seemed cool. And my friend had a coffee shop, and she was going to be there. And I was like, oh, I'll come and film a bunch of the tables and people having a good time or whatever. And then just did a little little highlight reel and nothing really came out of it except a couple of people going, Oh, that's interesting. Right. Like the organizers were like, Oh, this is really cool. Can we use this? And I'm like, sure. Um, and then, and then a couple of people who had tables there, you know, they saw it. So it's like when you finish your thing and I know you do this super well, it's like you finish it really fast. Right. So it's like the next day is obviously the the best time or even the same day of like something simple like that. Like if you can get it up the next day and you just put, you know, a little shot of a bunch of different tables and tag all the tables that were in there on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, find all their handles so they get to see it and then they'll repost it. And then, you know, it's not necessarily viral wildfire, but it's pretty easy to get like 200 people who would at least pay would at least pay $200 to be at this craft fair thing to see it. And they're like, oh, wow, this is the best piece of, you know, marketing material that came out of the craft fair, right? Then, I don't know, if you hung out at that table, you could, hey, for 50 bucks, I'll do a 15-second cut of your thing. I don't know. But you know what I mean? So you kind of, they're yeah. like an event where you can meet a bunch of people and then, you know, if you can create just like a tiny thing, you know, it's not a, not a ton of work to just 90 second montage of you running around, you know, just use the shots that are in focus and then you're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, and that's, you know, that's something that can, 
could lead to something like so that that farming one that I did um I don't think it really led to any anything like a couple connections and then somebody who was an organizer later like two years later referred me to a job for some other organization that her friend worked at you know what I mean so it was like two years later and then like twice removed it was like, uh, oh, we need to shoot this little thing, you know? And it was, and it was, you know, that was like a, uh, you know, music performance thing or something. It was like, just like totally random thing, but I was just like somehow the only video person that person had ever interacted with or had, you know, their face in a video. Like this guy was really nice in an email. Like I never even met them. I don't think. You know, so, yeah, and again, that's just like, it's kind of a long play, but. Yeah, I actually had someone just reach out for me from the, the, the leadership class I took for the Arts and Business Council in oh, Philly. Yeah. Uh, some architecture firm reached out saying they wanted videos of uh, and uh, some office shots of their offices and stuff, but um, it's moving pretty slowly, and I haven't heard of heard them since I sent them the proposal, so I'm not sure what's going on with that, but... Yeah, and honestly, sometimes stuff is slow, and sometimes stuff just fizzles out, and uh, the only way to combat that is just, like, keep keep putting irons in the fire, you know? So, like for that arts and business council thing that you did, which I did the year previously. Um, it's like, you know, fire off quick emails to the people in that class. You could even say, Hey, I'm moving to Charlotte. Do you know anybody there at this point? Right. It's just like, do you know anybody in Charlotte? Yeah. And then you got warm intros, right? It's pretty likely somebody knows people there. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Charlotte's interesting so far because, uh, you know, there's a thing down there that no one is actually from Charlotte. Like, there's nobody okay. else there. It's, it's mostly all people from the outside that got jobs that moved there. So I've met I've met more people from uh, Pennsylvania, I think, down there than from North Carolina. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you know, then there's definitely a likelihood that you'll – you know, the people you already know here, I don't know anybody in Charlotte, but I'm sure you know people who do, right? I'm sure we both do. Real hot button place these days. <laughs> a lot of uh a lot of breweries down there. I think just in the Charlotte area there's over thirty different breweries down there. Which maybe that can be Yeah. Well, and yeah, right. You can work directly with the breweries or even, right, like find, see, so some of the thing is, right, like if you think about like repeat clients, right, like so a brewery, how many videos does like a small brewery really need? Maybe two or three. But like, is there a magazine that covers like the brewery scene in Charlotte? Probably. What magazine does that? You know, and like, is there a way we can like set up a, I want to do like a 
visit each brewery show or blind taste test things or, you know, just kind of like those conversations maybe lead to something, maybe they don't, those ideas, right? But, yeah, and it's just like finding, finding, you know, opportunities to just meet, meet people and then don't be shy about saying what you do. And of course, certainly some, some, uh, head hunting and like, I want to work with this, this brewery or whatever, and just like find the person who makes that decision. LinkedIn is a really good place to figure out that person and find their email. You know, like who issued these press releases about the new, new seasonal pumpkin beer or whatever, right? Like who's, whose name is at the bottom of that PR release. And that's that person's job is to like answer emails about whatever, their press release was and you go, Hey, would you ever like to put a video in your press release? You know? And those are, those are people that also like their job is to get stuff seen. So, you know, they also have a photographer who takes a nice photo of the label of the beer or whatever. And then that's what ends up in the news articles that the public relations PR person is trying to do. And, you know, people want the video also. So it's just like finding finding stuff. Yeah, I never even figuring out what works for you. Sorry, what'd you say? I was just saying I've never even thought of the option of filming events, but that but that's like a lot of people love posting. Check out what happened last week or what's coming up next for the thing and then you know a lot of people watch that stuff right and those are right so those are like easy those are easy like first projects to like develop a relationship for and like those events like have usually a budget that they operate in right if they're like getting cards printed flyers printed bus ads even or whatever right so it's just like figuring out like okay this person they're they have a marketing budget. I don't know if video fits into it, but let's ask, right? And usually it's like one of the last pieces to like, if they're, you know, if they have some spare money at the end, or sometimes they'll have like a keynote speaker who like demands that it's recorded also, right? And those jobs are, they're like not super sexy, but they're easy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I used to work for Penn State, and I, I would have to go in and just record a class, and they were really easy, but like you said, not the most exciting things. Right, and so that's usually who jams up, like I was talking about, like Crayola, who has likely a, like, in-house video team. They get jammed up with those things because they're cheap and they're already on salary. So they can't do some of the bigger things, so the bigger things get farmed out, even though they'd rather do those. Or if you get good with whoever runs that team, that you know, feed you some of the jobs that they don't want to do, and both is good, right? <laughs> so, yeah, event like events are like pretty cool and easy, right? You've seen like the um, sculpture derby videos I did; those are those are events. Yeah, like and that one, I, I... the first one I did. Um, a couple of years ago, I just 
I just went and did that. I didn't ask anybody. There was no even email permission. Right? I had a friend who was involved and he'd built a couple of the sculptures before and I was like, Can I like just do this? Can you introduce me to some other people who are building the sculptures? And so I just did that and then at the end, you know, sent it out to all all the blogs and Philly.com and all that stuff and then got passed around and then the organizers were like, Whoa, who are you? Where did you do this? This is awesome. And then they've hired me a bunch of times. Wow. You know, but that first one I did for nothing. That's that's the secret. Right? <laughs> I don't know that it's the secret of that one. That one I was just like, this is a really cool thing that I love. I love this event. And I don't have the words to explain how cool this event is. So I'm going to make a video about it. <clears throat> you know, and, you know, so I I suckered a bunch of friends into helping me. Um. And we did it, and it came out really cool, and then had it done the next day and sent it out to all the blogs who had to say, here's what you missed this weekend, you know? And so it didn't, yeah. it didn't like, get huge, huge coverage or anything, but that led to a bunch of work. Nice. Yeah, I mean, for me, it looks like uh, uh, – in a short term to just be making money, uh, weddings is definitely my go-to. I, I mean, I'm already getting quite a bit of hits since we switched over to the, like the not listing from Philadelphia to Charlotte. Um, but you know, it's, it sounds like if I just shoot events and just am involved in some way within the Charlotte community that, uh, eventually I'll be able to, slowly phase myself out of weddings and possibly do more yeah yeah and like you know make friends with those other the other wedding crews out there in the short term yeah. right because that's like super common is people are like I'm doing weddings and I've done them for two years I really like doing them but I want to try something new because weddings are just very similar pretty much each time, right? There's certainly, sometimes they're unique and different and cool, but sometimes it's just like people just kind of take a, whatever. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. Same recipe, yeah. you know? I love mm -hmm. chocolate chip cookies, but every time I know what they taste like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, find, you know, and the, the benefit again of, Finding the wedding guys is, oh, maybe they need a second shooter. That's quick money for you. Um, or, like, I had somebody just contacted me, but I'm booked up this weekend. Are you available? I know you just moved in town, so you're probably available. All right? For those last-minute ones. Because a lot of people, I've, I've never really uh, had, like, a wedding company, but um, usually they're booked up pretty far in advance, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've had these weddings booked that I'm doing right now since last year. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, right now, you're, like, you know, booking weddings for next year, which is cool. Yeah. But, um, you know, don't have much to do with this year. <laughs> so. And then the last question I have for you is... Oh, um, cool. I know that 
this is kind of that, uh, from my understanding, it's something that you and uh, Ryan Scott and others have kind of started rough cuts, but I was wondering if I, I feel it was only necessary that I ask permission if I start like a attempt to start like a Charlotte chapter of rough cuts, because I saw they have like a North Carolina film community meetup, but uh, it's, it's similar to the Philadelphia film community meetup or whatever, where they have really big events and stuff, but um, it would be neat to form another community where people are able to share work. I really love that about Rough Cuts because it's really hard to find good feedback sometimes from family and stuff because everybody that you know is like, yeah, that looks great. You did an awesome job. And sometimes you just need that that one person that just gives you that one critical critique that, you know, improves your workflow and stuff. And then you get to meet, like, people like you were saying and network and find uh, freelance work and together and stuff like that. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, I would, I would, I'm honored you'd want to. And it's funny. It's like, we're kind of having conversations about trying to find ways to, you know, have these other chapters. Like, I don't know if we've like got some secret formula, but I think we are on something, which is cool. So I would, that would be awesome. If you want to do it in Charlotte, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually located pretty close by, like right across the street from this uh, place called the Light Factory, which they're, uh, I must, I think they're a nonprofit or something that specializes in teaching people how to shoot on film cameras, like a photography film cameras, but they also do small uh, video, uh, like video film stuff. Um, yeah. And they could, I would love to talk to them and see if that would be like a usable, if they have a usable space to run something like that. Yeah. No. And it's like, you know, you've been there when rough cuts was pretty small, right? And it'll probably start yeah. pretty small. 10, 15 people would be awesome. Right. And probably be like five people for a long time. Um, but yeah, that would exactly. So it's like, would be, would be awesome. And especially if they're already like connected into, a little bit of the filmmaking community. Yeah. I think I think it's really cool, and I think we kind of do have something something that's working, and it would be cool to see if it works, um, you know, with some different people in different places. Because uh, I was just talking to Curtis the other day, and he was talking about he's moving to Brooklyn, and he's like, "Man, I just wish I could still come to Rough Cuts." I was like, "Do it in Brooklyn." He's like, "Yeah." So it's funny you mentioned that, but it is certainly something that we're kind of rolling around in our head. So, yeah, um, we'll definitely speaking, figure out a way to support you, man. Yeah. Speaking of the, uh, I mean, Rough Cut sounds really similar to uh, a separate thing where I know people from Penn State started something called uh, the Coast Space, where they have, uh, where students apply to get into this and they uh it's students from different uh fields backgrounds and they they live together with certain professionals so like the i think the one they the one year they had the guy that invented the red box stay there and then they you know it's all entrepreneurship and stuff like that and then they all talk about different ideas and how to run different programs to make the community better and yeah. uh 
if you guys are ever curious, I can try to see if I can connect you with the guys that started that, if they have some insight of maybe how to uh, add more to rough cuts or anything like that, if that makes sense. Because they're... Okay. Yeah. They're really... Yeah. They're, they're definitely really good for building communities and things like that, so... Yeah. Well, after my, like, hour-long rant of just, like, finding excuses to be introduced to people and meet people, I would love to be connected to these guys. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah if you, if you ever want to look it up, they have a website. Uh, it's called the, the Coast Space, and it's in State College. But it's run by a guy named Spud and Christian. So. Cool. I can I can message or email them or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Hopefully I said some stuff that makes sense, man. Hopefully yeah, I no, feel like you got well, a little more tools for the move. Yeah. Um, this was definitely really, really helpful, and I appreciate taking the time to talk to me about this stuff. Absolutely, man. Anything for your friends. All right. Thank you, and uh, have a good night. All right, man. I will I see you next Wednesday. At the yeah, I plan, yeah, I plan on coming to Rough Cuts this Wednesday and actually showing the the Aido film on the projector this time. So, Sweet. Awesome, man. Well, I will add you to the list already. All right. Have a good <laughs> <Thanks>. one. <laughs> yeah, you too. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, maybe you learned something. And there at the end, we sort of got down this sidetrack um, about this event that I do every month called Rough Cuts. And it's really something like an open mic for filmmakers where people can sign up and show something that's either in progress or something that they've done in the past um, or even the real. I sort of frown upon that because it's, you know, not super interesting storytelling, but it is important to be able to network and show off some of the cool stuff you've been working on and impress friends and get critique on those things because real is an important thing for, uh, you know, your company and yourself. But um, anyway, I'm sure we'll end up talking a lot more about it. But if you're in Philadelphia, every first Wednesday of the month, um, seven o'clock we meet for a few hours and you can come and become friends with myself and usually about 60 other filmmakers um, who are there we get to show about eight or nine works and critique and feedback on them in short like 15 minute spans so if you sign up you get 15 minutes and Usually your film is better under 10 minutes because then we can talk for it, talk about it with each other for a few minutes. Um, and a lot of people's commercials and short documentaries are like really under five. So we get to spend a few minutes talking about either technical things or story elements or how that came about. What did you learn? Um, so yeah, it's been a really cool, useful tool for myself and a good chance to hang out with a lot of other creative filmmakers so if you're in philly come out for that and we're kind of talking about doing it in a few more cities 
on a regular basis. So if that's something that you're into, let me know and I can kind of get you connected in the right cities. All right. Thank you for tuning in and have a good one.